Tonight, on this great feast of the Assumption of Our Lady, we'll spend a few minutes talking about true devotion to the Blessed Virgin Mary. There are many kinds of devotion, of course, and as we've already noted before, St. Hilary, the great bishop and doctor of the Church, tells us clearly, quote, No matter how sinful one may have been, if he has devotion to Mary, it is impossible that he be lost. Close quote. That's good news. No matter how sinful one may have been, if he has devotion to Mary, it's impossibly lost. St. Alphonsus explains that passage, pointing out that Mary is our mother. And what mother would not deliver her son from the death sentence if all it depended on was her asking the favor to obtain it from the judge? Obviously, any mother would do that. Can we think that Mary, who loves those devoted with her the mother's most tender love, will not deliver her children from eternal death when she can do it so easily? Close quote, St. Alphonsus. So no matter how sinful we've been, if we have devotion to Mary, we can be confident of our salvation. So nothing should hold us back from expressing that true devotion to Our Lady. Nothing. When you read any kind of good life of the saints, you can have devotion. It's just woven into the lives of the saints, and that's not without accident. If we want to be saints, we have to do the same kind of things. The three Hail Marys in the morning at night. Praying the Holy Rosary. Wearing her brown scapular, or better yet, the five-fold scapular. We can have an altar in her honor. Have an image, an icon, Our Lady of Perpetual Health, Our Lady of Fatima statue. We can put flowers in front of her images or statues. We can light a candle in her honor and so forth. We can wear the miraculous medal. All those things are great devotions, and I recommend all of them. And uh, I, I do them myself. I don't leave home without them. But this is the best, the true devotion. True devotion to Mary by St. Louis de Montfort. This is just the tan edition. It comes in other editions. I've, I've read you this from the pulpit, but I'll give you some uh, quotes to, to show you. That's not just a brag. This is the best and most acceptable form of devotion to our Blessed Lady, Blessed Pius IX. On his deathbed, Pope Leo XIII renewed his act of consecration by the formula of St. Louis de Montfort to the Blessed Virgin Mary. Quote, I heartily recommend true devotion to Mary, and to all who read it, I grant the apostolic benediction. Pope St. Pius X. Quote, small in size, but of what great authority and what great sweetness. May it be spread ever more and still more and rekindle the Christian spirit and souls in ever-growing numbers. Close quote, Pope Benedict XV. Quote, I have practiced this devotion ever since my youth. Pope Pius XI. Quote, the force and unction of the words of Mary's servants have not only touched, but captivated and converted many souls. Pope Pius XII. And finally, quote, reading this book was a decisive turning point in my life. This perfect devotion is indispensable to anyone who means to give himself without reserve to Christ and to the work of redemption. Pope John Paul II. It's the best and most acceptable form of devotion to Our Lady. So what is it? It's this little book right here written by St. Louis de Montfort. And uh, what he has in this 
the best devotion, and as I've mentioned before, the difference between this and all other devotions is like the difference between conventional and thermonuclear war in the spiritual realm. Okay, the basic essence of the devotion is that we give all things to our Lord through Mary. As St. Louis de Montfort teaches, it's a perfect renewing of our baptismal promises. We promise to renounce Satan and all his works. Don't we? That's what the godparents say, anybody that was baptized an adult. Anytime you hear baptism, you always hear this kind of stuff. Well, who's the enemy? Look whose head she's standing on right there. Okay, that's not by accident. And so when we go to our Lord through her, she's going to stomp out Satan and all his works in our lives and clean, help us really clean up our act. She can't help it. If we give ourselves to her as a true, as a true slave, she'll treat us like she would her son and take care of us and guide us in the paths of holiness. I'll just say something. I'll read some passages here uh, out of this. The providential function of Mary in the latter times. God wishes to reveal and make known Mary the masterpiece of his hands in these latter times. Mary must shine forth more than ever in mercy, in might, and in grace in these latter times. In mercy. To bring back and lovingly receive the poor strayed sinners who shall be converted and shall return to the Catholic Church. How many people we need to convert or return that have fallen away. So that's mercy. In might, against the enemies of God, idolaters, schismatics, Mohammedans, Jews and souls hardened in piety, who shall rise in terrible revolt against God and seduce all those who shall oppose them and make them fall by promises and threats. So she'll rise up and protect us in that event. Finally, she must shine forth in grace in order to animate and sustain the valiant soldiers and faithful servants of Jesus Christ who shall battle for his interests. That's the people that want to go to heaven. Lastly, Mary must be terrible to the devil and his crew as an army ranged in battle array, principally in these latter times, because the devil, knowing that he has but little time, and now less than ever, to destroy souls will every day redouble his efforts and his combats. He will presently raise up cruel persecutions and put terrible snares before the faithful servants and true children of Mary, whom it gives him more trouble to conquer than it does to conquer others. There's that implacable enmity between the woman and the dragon. It starts Genesis 3.15, right in the beginning, our Lord predicts it. Our Lady is the mortal enemy of Satan, and friends of Our Lady are mortal enemies of the devils. An exorcist uh, talks about a story. I've heard an exorcist tell a story about an exorcism he was doing uh, a year or two ago, whatever it was. At any rate, at one point during this exorcism, the the poor person that was uh, possessed was was laying there on the floor. They have a stole. I guess it's a great big long stone that goes around the neck of the possessed person, and it's it's around the neck of the exorcist because he's yoked to the exorcist. The exorcist is acting on behalf of the church to do this holy work. Here, this poor person was on the floor. But if a person's possessed at times, when these things are going on, the devil comes to the surface. So the person is kind of hidden underneath the personality or personalities of the devil that come up. So here's some lippy devil or whatever it was, you know, being a devil and and, uh, and and mouthing off. And so the exorcist asked Our Lady to stomp the head of this serpent. Right during the exorcism, every time the exorcist would ask Our Lady, wow, the person, it was just, 
this guy was saying you could see stopping right in the middle like in the belly you couldn't see our lady but she was right there the humility that our lady will come down because a priest asked her do you stop and think about this but she's stomping on this devil and of course the devil ah, you know whatever he's doing you know something like this but evidently the devil was wailing and crying or whatever because she's stomping him those okay that's a statue but that's also reality it's a it's an artistic expression of reality he has no hold on her St. Louis explains why she's so powerful against it. God has never made... Well, he says, I will put enmities between me and the woman, and I see to her seed. She shall crush thy head, and thou shalt lie and wait for your heel. There's Genesis 3.15. Now he's going to explain. God has never made and formed but one enmity, but it is an irreconcilable one which shall endure and grow even to the end. It is between Mary, his worthy mother, and the devil between the children and servants of the Blessed Virgin and the children and the tools of Lucifer. The most terrible of all the enemies which God has set up against the devil is his holy mother Mary. He has inspired her even since the days of the earthly paradise, though she existed then only in his idea, with so much hatred against that cursed enemy of God, with so much ingenuity in unveiling the malice of that ancient serpent, with so much power to conquer, to overthrow, and to crush that proud and pious rebel, like we just heard about, that he fears her not only more than all the angels and men, but in a sense, more than God himself. Not that the anger, the hatred, and the power of God are not infinitely greater than those of the Blessed Virgin, for the perfections of Mary are limited, but first because Satan, being proud, suffers infinitely more from being beaten and punished by a little humble handmaid of God. And her humility humbles him more than the divine power. Just that. Secondly, because God has given Mary such great power against the devils that as they have often been obliged to confess in spite of themselves by the mouths of the possessed during exorcisms, they fear one of her sighs for a soul more than the prayers of all the saints and one of her threats against them more than all the other torments. Dot, dot, dot. The power of Mary over all the devils will shine especially forth in latter times when Satan will lay snares against her heel. That is to say, her humble slaves and her poor children, whom she will raise up to make war against him. They shall be little and poor in the world's esteem, and abased before all, like the heel, trodden underfoot and persecuted as the heel is by the other members of the body. But in return for this, they shall be rich in the grace of God, which Mary shall distribute to them abundantly. They should be great and exalted before God in sanctity, superior to all other creatures by lively zeal, and so well sustained with God's assistance that with the humility of their heel and union with Mary, they shall crush the head of the devil and cause Jesus Christ to triumph. Now, this book is full of stuff like that. I don't know. I could keep going. I don't want to drive you guys crazy. It's the best and most acceptable form of devotion to Mary. It takes 33 days to make the consecration. But you should read this book first, True Devotion to Mary, or The Secret of Mary, by St. Louis de Montfort. And then if you need any more information, I have a book that you can go through. But you should make this devotion. It'll change your life. I know you guys walking by and you saw a guy with this and said, you better watch that. You make that consecration, you'll be in trouble. The next thing you know, he's a priest. I know, it happened to me.